Welcome to Vino Week, episode 69. Uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome to welcome back to Vino 101. I forgot the last time we cast. It's been a while. Hopefully not a year. <laughs> it has been a while, Bill, and uh, it's, it's, it's good to be back. Um, you know, we, um, we actually, Bill and I, um, have talked for about 15 minutes before, before we hit record, and um, the, you coined it perfectly, Bill, COVID hangover. Yeah, it seems like that. I mean, we're uh, Al and I are both dealing with uh, older members of our family who are, you know, getting older and getting to the point where they can't take care of themselves and kind of, you know, ending up with their assets and all of their finances, basically caring for them and trying to do it long distance, which is never fun. Yeah, yeah the, um, when you, you have, have to get, get on a plane um, to, to take, take care of business... business. Um, you know, especially these days. Uh, our related story, um, gee, maybe, I want to say, maybe four four months ago, uh, I took a trip, and um, the business I'm taking care of is, is back in Florida. And uh, I got on the plane, though, and uh, I want to say, counting myself and passengers, there must have been maybe... 12 people on this huge plane going to Orlando, Florida. Wow. When when was this? Like, how long ago? This is maybe, I want to say, four or five months ago. Okay. Wasn't that long ago? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I want to say it was, around, it was uh, yeah, it was, in, it was in January. It was um, sometime in January, because I'll never forget. It was January, or maybe it was a little bit uh, the end of January. I remember... Um, going back and dropping off the rental car at the airport and um, it was early in the morning and I remember all the ice that was there and when I walked through the airport um, one of the bartenders that was there I mean I know a bartender at 6 in the morning well what else are you doing at an airport <laughs> before you get on a flight gotta have a cocktail it's old school he said I've never ever in all the years I've worked here ever known it to be this cold it's yeah. like all right i picked a great time to come right that's right that's right it's freaking cold beautiful but yeah it's, it's a lot of work um um and i don't know about you well i do know about you because i know what you've been going through we're kind of we're both on the same trajectory as far as you know taking care of uh you know our loved ones that can't take care of themselves and um it's uh it's been quite a journey that and uh, COVID and all the other things that come. And we were just talking about the price of things. You know, I just filled up my um, tank the other day. And, you know, we have a, well, actually, I didn't fill it up. I put like $60 in and that didn't really move the needle very much. At $7.20 a gallon. That's what we're paying out here. It's just... You know, it's kind of like you're back in college where it's like, how much money do you have in your wallet to fill your car up? It's yes. like, oh, I need gas. I got five bucks. Fill it up. You drive, you know, hopefully you get paid by the next time. Now I'm living the life like that and I'm, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I remember when I used to fill up my tank. But I don't, it's like, yeah. But I'm always amazed at... Um, you know, the urban cowboy guys that drive around the trucks that, you know, I mean, those trucks probably cost over 300 to fill. And uh, I'm just, I'm amazed that they can continue to do that. 
Yeah. But there's not much... Yeah, it, it's really... Uh, I don't know how people are doing it. So there are definitely less people working. And the reason I say that is, yes, all the stats are out there, but there's still every... Like every... Certainly... M- Almost every service business I walk into still has a, like, we're hiring sign. Like, I see them everywhere. Yes. Um, and it isn't just like, oh, you know, I don't want to work at, you know, pick your favorite fast food chain. But it's, it's like all the retail, it's everywhere. Um, the, the hardware store here in town in Sebastopol, they're, they're, they can't keep, they can't either keep employees or they just don't have enough of them because they're always advertising. Hey, need need people. Um, I don't, you know. So bunch of people not working. Gas prices are through the roof. Where, wait, that where, where are people getting all their cash? Well, well that, that's, that's all coming to a head because, because the government, government is, is finally decided to stop handing it out to everybody. everybody. So yeah. I mean, that's how well, things, things are changing. changing. But, but uh, uh, to um, Get back, back to, to your hardware, hardware story. story. I, I bet, bet you've you been going, going to the, the hardware, hardware store a lot more recently than you have, say, maybe a year and a half ago, would you yes. say? Yes, for sure. Um, it seems like weekly I'm there, and I used to be there monthly. <laughs> Sometimes it's a couple of times a week, including stops at Home Depot and Lowe's. Do you want, want to share, share with, with the, uh, our, uh, our, our listening uh, people uh, why that would be built? Yeah, sure. So we, re- we moved not too long ago, um, first half of this year into a new place we were looking for a place for my mom so we could all live together um or live close to each other obviously um and so we found a place and moved and there's it's more buildings more space more land so a lot of a lot of maintenance but i have you know two sons so they they're getting their uh character building in fantastic that's good that's good well see there we are on the same thing because uh i moved just a little bit before you moved. we moved that's right obviously um uh dare say i don't i don't believe i have a compound bill yeah i'm still not i'm still not acknowledging i have it because i did the work that it's involved <laughs> yeah i don't have a compound but uh, it was a lot of work and and your thing about the hardware is um Hardware story is very interesting because just the whole idea of trying to get anything done, you know, because we, we remodeled um, the home before we moved in. And uh, boy, what a, that's a lot of work, man, rounding up and corralling um, contractors and, and subs to do the work, you know, is, uh, was really challenging during that COVID time. Well, if you can get them, it's still the, um, it's still a, um, a problem. So we had a, one of the reasons we moved is we went, we all, we got through the planning phase of building a what they call an accessory dwelling unit. It's basically a, a small house on your property, which they allow here um, where we live in California. <clears throat> and we were going to build a thousand square foot or eight hundred somewhere around there. And the building costs were like four fifty, and because of the fires and COVID, that building cost went to seven fifty. So, oh jeez, yeah. Um, and you you were looking at contractors or like, you know, we're 18 months out. So, you know, this is a cost right now. Of course, now everything's more expensive. Part of that cost expense was lumber, but it came down. But the big issue that you pointed out is trying, just trying to not only schedule them, but just get them. Yes. We have a tiny plot in our backyard. Would have taken a landscape. We had a garden designed. 
would have taken a landscaping crew probably a day, a full crew, maybe two days. Fastest we could get it done, we started in May looking. Fastest that they somebody could start was like after Labor Day. Gotcha. Um, and yeah. this is like one of those jobs that somebody could fit in on an existing larger job kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was yep. crazy. So that ended up being a DIY project. Um, but, you know, saved a ton of money. But still, it's like, you know, ordering gravel, getting it delivered, storing it, ripping up the, you know, you to go rip one of those the turf roller things that rip up is all sod, ripped it all up, try not to puncture the irrigation infrastructure. It was fun. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always, always there's, there's a bunch of variables that pop up when you when you start doing that do it yourself, and uh, you know, oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> it happens a lot. And then we have the added benefit of being, you know, we have our own infrastructure, so we're across the street from the city, not in the city of Sebastopol, literally mm-hmm. across the street. So we have our own well and our own septic, and we now have to deal with that. A lot of extra. Yeah. It's just but that's, 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 that's what happens when you own a compound building. That's that's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, I'm kind of to be honest, I'm kind of freaked out by the well and the drought. Yeah. You know? I mean, I see every drop of water goes down the drain. I'm like, oh, are we going to run out of water? We know. Uh, my wife has a friend at work, colleague at work. They live kind of in the Santa Rosa Plain. They ran out of water in like mid July last year. Oh, jeez. Well, you know they're getting ready to. Um, I mean, I don't think they're doing this in Sebastopol, but I know they're doing it here in the Santa Rosa Plain. If you're, uh, if you're in agriculture, it used to be if you owned your land, you could just, you know, you could do whatever you wanted with your water out of your well. Um, but now they're monitoring. There's a parcel tax for one. That's right. It's. I think and, uh, it's. Uh, and they're going to monitor the amount of water that you pull out of that well because essentially that well, you know. It, it comes out of the aquifer. It's all one big aquifer. Yeah, yeah so, so they're going to have to, um, they're going to start charging people for the water that they extract from their own property. That's right. That's, 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 uh, that's a new one. That's a, that's a big deal. I'm very much both feet in each camp on this. I like, you know, but the reality is we got to manage the water with the people we have here. So... What I don't understand, if you want to talk about that for a minute, I'm aware of that. And it's all based on what watershed you're in. And yes. the Santa Rosa Plain is a watershed. We happen to be what's in called, I think, the Wilson Creek watershed. Mm-hmm. So we're not even near the, the concern right now. And we don't have any of the tax or anything. But what I don't really understand is, so we have all these water agencies in California. They created a new one to do this. <laughs> Yes. So there's like a whole new government. Like, why do we need another government agency? Don't they have administrators? Can't they just hire a few more? Um, but, you know, somebody's got to go fight that battle. Because um, I'm sure it was in some proposition we voted for. Oh, water management. Make sure everybody has clean, safe drinking water. Yeah, I'll vote for that. That sounds good. Yeah, they dovetailed it with the, you know, um, make sure the firemen can do what they want to do and that the kids are safe in school. That's something like that. Who's gonna vote against that, right? Exactly. Don't want to be. Don't want to be famous on the internet. Famous for voting against school safety. Yes. <laughs> or safe or clean water. Like you're against clean water. water. You voted against that. What's up with you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what's going on. 
Well, um, I, I, um, I think we should probably just move on real quick uh, to some wine talk. This is going to be an unusual first cast back because we're kind of trying to catch you guys up on what we were doing. Hopefully that's of interest. I think a lot of people are probably going through the same stuff. You know, um, everything has changed. You know, um, I looked at, um, you know, uh, we have a, a budget for, you know, we're going to spend this much on that, this much on that. And we kind of have a loose budget for food. Yeah. Did you, do you, it's amazing how expensive it is to go grocery shopping now. Yeah. I mean, it's. In contrast to a year and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, you, you could draw it. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing here in Sonoma County. And I, I keep thinking of people that have families, you know, people like you that have families of four or five, six people. I mean, your, your, your grocery bill's got to be just, you know, it's something that you can't ignore, right? That's, yeah. Well, I would, you know, I would try to limit consumption, but my wife's not having that with her, with her son, so. Right, you know. right, yeah. <laughs> There's just no re- what do you mean you're not going to eat beans and rice again? Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with that? Yeah, yeah, not so much. Dad, what's up with that steak? How come we can't have more steak? We used to eat that all the time. What's going on with that? Yeah. It's, exactly. Uh, exactly. It's, uh, I, I don't, you know, people who are... I just assume more and more people are living paycheck to paycheck. They're cutting, 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 you know. Um, that, and I think the most shocking thing is, you know, a bunch of people went out and bought RVs, and evidently RVs aren't stopping in terms of their sales. But can you imagine filling up even a medium-sized RV in terms of the cost right now? Um, yeah, any type of... <laughs> Where you gotta, where you gotta use fuel, man. Is uh, uh, that's a tough one. And then you know, I one thing I haven't noticed, and maybe you have, is you know, it increase in wine prices. Well, we could talk about that. Um, there has been any increase in wine prices, but it was you know. I think it was just a temporary blip. What I've noticed is that, um, you know, wine prices, wine prices have not appreciated um, to the degree that a lot of another, excuse me, a lot of other consumables have, i.e., you know, real food, meat, um, cheese, all those things. They haven't appreciated in any way to that degree, um, but they have gone up, um, and it looks like they're going down again. I don't know what's going on, but I've just noticed maybe recently, um, and this is anecdotal, I don't have anything, you know, to back this up, but I buy wine on a, you know, a weekly basis, so I'm pretty hip with what's going on. Uh, I've noticed that um, prices have not um, gone down, but they uh, have definitely stabilized in a, in a lot of regions. And there's still um, a fairly good amount of values out there. I mean, you could, you can uh, shop and uh, buy wine, and, and the premium, you know, it's the premium wine, which I would say is like twenty dollars and up. Yeah. Uh, the price has not moderated um, a bunch there. Maybe it's um, I have seen some price increases for the higher end stuff, and people are still buying it. But the vast majority of wine that people buy is um, the price has been pretty stable. And I don't know what that, I don't know what to attribute that to. I think maybe um, 
Obviously, the price for getting a product to your warehouse if you're a wholesaler has gone up because it takes fuel to get the stuff there. And I just think the people that are selling the wares, um, they're, they're holding the price lines because they don't want to lose their market share. I mean, I, I truly think that's what's going on. And when you think about the big companies, like think about Gallo. Gallo here in the U.S. commands a third of the market. You know, when you walk into a grocery store, I mean, they sell a third of the wine that's sold in the U.S. of A. That's a, that's a lot of wine. So they have a lot of power in the distribution um, aspects, and they have a lot of power in the marketing aspects. So they can they can afford to hold that line because they have such a large market share. Um, so I, I think that that's I think that's what's going on. They want to keep their products on the shelves. And uh, that's why the prices are still so good. I mean, I, what have you noticed? And it's the same for, I mean, it's even less. What about beer prices? I mean, beer prices are stagnant. Yeah, I was going to say there hasn't been a lot of movement. <clears throat> the thing, I, yeah, you know, with the access to the microbreweries we have here, you know, I'm not, I'm not, certainly not buying beer and having it shipped to me. Um, yeah. Plus, most of anything you would want to try, um, you know, the places that you, you place, there are plenty of places around here that are probably stocking, especially if it's good. Um, you know, things that win awards from, you know, from out of state. Thinking of things like Dog Dogfish Brewery mm-hmm. um, or Dogfish Head. I, I forget the name of that brewery sometimes. Um, but you know, biased around here, so um, uh, around because we can get so many good things. Yeah, it's dogfish head. Um, but yeah, I haven't noticed like an excessive. In- the biggest impact I've noticed with regard to prices are gasoline and fuel. Yeah. You know, gasoline and fuel, and you know, I've seen prices uh, as high as. And this is a couple, this is about a month ago maybe. Uh, I had to be in Fort Bragg, which is on the California coast. It's fairly remote. And gas prices at that time were like seven ninety nine in Fort Bragg. It was like a month ago. So they're probably up over eight and a quarter, eight fifty, probably I wouldn't be surprised if there's nine dollar gas somewhere on the coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a captive, you know, and I mean yeah. you know, you're you're taking some uh I mean uh, a truck to deliver fuel. <laughs> just imagine, just yeah. to deliver the fuel to Mendocino or something. You know, well, it's I know spend a thousand dollars just getting the fuel there. Well, that's the you know that's true. I've also noticed more and more people. Like I meet more and more people. This is completely anecdotal and random. So you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, who are buying wholesale gas? They live out in the country. They got a big like fifty-five gallon tank or whatever and they're mm-hmm. just you know when they when the person comes and puts their propane in they're bringing they're also ordering gasoline they're Jeez. not buying it they're not filled they're filling their tanks up themselves and they're saving pennies you know yeah. tens of cents but you know that adds up yes yeah, especially <laughs> if the um well i mean something will come to a head here i mean there's 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 there's, there's gotta be a breaking point so that'll happen Hey, um, I wanted to break off and, and talk about something that's been happening um, 
uh, for me uh, uh, wine-wise recently. Yeah. And, uh, well, I've been drinking a lot of Suave. Have you? Yeah. And talking about pricing, I mean, Suave is you know, one of those wines you can buy. I mean, most Suave you can buy for 20 and under. Yeah. You know, a lot, some of the higher-end stuff. You might get up to say twenty, twenty-five dollars, maybe thirty dollars, you know, out here. But that's that's not the norm. Um, but I, I'm not going to mention the producer. But I wanted to talk about a little bit about um, when you drink wines and um, when you store wines and what happens. Because I've had a few experiences of of, of uh, late where I um, you ever buy a wine. And um, you try it, and you think, ah, you know, it's it's okay. It's all right. Strike a bowl. You know, it's it's not really filling my boat. It's okay. And then, and maybe you bought a couple bottles. You go, oh, I'll just hold on to that other bottle, and you know, maybe you know, I'll try it later. You know, a, a few weeks or a few months from now, and see what happens. Well, I, I have a propensity to do that, and I did this with this particular bottle of Suave, um, of Suave. and I had purchased. Um, four or five of these and a lot of times what I like to do is I'll purchase a half a case or a case whatever it depends and I'll just try the wine over a period of time you know try it over you know a bottle now bottle next month bottle month after that so on so on so on well I did that with this particular bottle and then I kind of forgot about it and I had like three or four bottles in the wine stash I pulled one out about a couple weeks ago and the first thing I noticed when I opened it up and poured it into the glass is the color. And the color was, it's a white wine, so the color was kind of, uh, well, it was, it was a deep yellow with like, like tinges of brown. Now, that's kind of like a little giveaway that uh, something has gone awry with the wine. Oh, like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah. So when I look a little bit more closely, I could see that things were kind of floating around in it. So um, the wine was awful. It had turned. Um, it was oxidized. Um, I think I have just one or two bottles left. It was a, you know, it wasn't a cheap bottle of wine, but you know, I bought it like freaking a year and a half ago. So I'm not gonna like take it back to the store or anything. But um, my point is this: when you have a wine and it tastes not so good and it, it doesn't appeal to your your taste buds initially when you have it it can turn around and it can change but it depends on how soundly it was made in this in this case the wine wasn't made very soundly so it was never going to get better and um, it just reminds me of how wine is an agricultural product it's the old uh, you've heard me say this before you go to the produce market and you buy peaches one day and you go these peaches are freaking awesome and then you go back two days later and you buy peaches and you're like these are terrible not the same peach yeah <laughs> so that's uh that's my little um you know you'll beware but i mean if you're in a store and you're looking at bottles especially white wines and you see that the color has i mean if it's a white wine it should be relatively clear it should have um, maybe some green maybe a little bit of uh, it should be light colored and if you're noticing that it's got an orange or slightly brown tint to it that, that's a warning sign that it's a bad bottle of wine and you should probably leave it there on the shelf yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> so for sure. that's uh, 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm scared. It's like I have this ball. I got it in front of me. Um, I have a, a fresh, unopened one, and I'm looking at it, Bill. I don't know if you can see me or not. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got all this stuff floating around it. I don't know. You probably can't see the color. But. I can't. I can't. I mean, I'm getting golden color off the bottle, but that's just the bottle. Yeah, if you go on my Twitter feed, you'll see that uh, I, I um, actually, I never, like I said, I didn't mention a producer, but I did, um, I did put a, a picture of, of it next to um, a decent um, bottle, uh, glass of white wine, so you can just see the difference in the color. But you can tell a ton about a wine, um, how it's made and how it's been cared for um, by, the, by the color. 100%. One of the one of the a wine tip to know. Yeah. So, but I've been drinking uh, not that much, man. I've been working. I've been uh, working. Uh, we got this. Uh, hey, I got uh, on an aside here. You're probably experiencing this a little bit where you are. So we built a, a new shed on the property, and um, oh, is that permitted? It's a permanent shed. It's, uh, it's one of those high-end um, tough sheds. Yeah. No, no. I'm asking. Do you have a permit for it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it approved. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I got it all approved. And, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a follow the rules type of guy. Yeah. Put something in like that. Uh, it'd be a shame to have to take it down. Well, they and and, they, and that's a possibility. That could be a possibility. Not to mention getting fined. All right. Sorry. I'm interrupting. <laughs> Uh, well, we have a we have a HOA here, so I, I ran it uh, by the architectural committee. Oh, should go to review board. <laughs> it's going to be the same thing with the pizza oven I'm putting in the back. I like to hear it. I like to hear it. I got to run that by the architectural committee, yeah. man. <laughs> All right. So um, anyway, I've got a um, I'm having a fight now with a um, I believe it's a skunk. And, uh, you know, we live right on the plain in between um, uh, Sugarloaf Mountain and uh, Annadale. So, I mean, you know, animals are they're, they're freaking everywhere. Yes. <laughs> like, like live in a zoo out here. And um, so the skunk is, uh, they love to burrow and dig under sheds and look for stuff to eat, right? Oh, man. That's what they do. So I've been um, with, in a pitched battle with this skunk for... Well, probably like about three weeks now and I thought I had the upper hand until the other day I walked out and to my amazement they had found another way to get under there so uh, I'm just back to the drawing board but I'll tell you this stones and pieces of wood and all those things, that, none of that stuff works it's only temporary so um, I'm looking for a more permanent solution I think I found one but I'll, I'll keep you updated on, the, on the, uh, my skunk travails please <laughs> so we have uh, wild turkeys. There you go. Get go through. There's a pack of them. I don't know what you call a, a pack of turkeys. Um, uh, a flock or a herd? Or? Gaggle. I don't know. There's a word for them. It's like a, you know, like a murder of crows, um, or a or believe it or not, a pack of owls is called a parliament of owls. A parliament. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even know owls hung out together. I, I don't think just... they do. It's somebody, somebody came up with a name. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's, I'm being informed by my sons who want to challenge all this trivia. There we go. Um, plenty of deer, <clears throat> of which my dog, who is basically blind but can definitely 
you know, there's a deer out, sees the deer and takes off. Yes. Thank goodness she's old now, so I can catch her. Um, and the latest is there's a mountain lion rolling around. I heard about that. And and there is ev- there is some evidence of car. There's you know, I wake up, take the dog for a walk in the morning, and you know there's carnage out in our property. You know feathers. Every now and then there's a carcass of something. Gotcha. So it's um, yeah, it's we're definitely in a kind of a butt to uh, a creek, and of course it's a dry creek, but it's definitely a wildlife corridor. There's so you're up the road from uh, Fircrest, right? No, we're one street over on Lynch. Okay, so yeah, because that's a that is a little uh, corridor. Because um, I can, you know, we were we were right in that zone, so we got the turkeys and the foxes and the deer and the whole whole thing, and that's that's their run. They run right along the, the kind of halfway up that hill and across. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. My brother-in-law, he's here, and he's deathly, he locks his place up every night because he's afraid the mountain lion's going to come get him. I shouldn't <laughs> laugh at it. Um, well, our neighbor called us the other day and said the mountain lion was on our property. Oh, and my my brother-in-law happened to hear that, and he's just like, oh, you got to be kidding. And, and he's used to living in a city, so there were Yeah, that is not his. Like uh, a big city. Like, you know. Yeah, He's, he's, wild, not, he's not down with the uh, yeah. mountain lion in the backyard. Yeah, and he watches TV. I, you know, my mom was telling me there's some woman in the Sierra that you know shoots out hiking, and the mountain lion attacked, killed her dog, but the dog oh, saved right. her. So you know, you get that kind of like you know, pump up from the news. It's yeah, you know, yeah. It can, it's kind yeah. of like a black swan event, but you know, I get it. I get it. It's a big cat. Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, well, maybe attack you. I don't, you know, I mean, a human's pretty big. Yeah. So, I mean, they're looking for things that they can, you know, they're more in line with the, the, you know, the neighborhood cat or the small dog that's, you know, in the backyard. That's that's more along what they're looking for. Maybe a small child. More of it is that sounds. For sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, anyway, um, what, I don't know if I told you this or not, Bill, but I'm working on getting um, a gig. Um, I think I'm pretty much in. It's just whether I'm going to do it or not. I can fit the time in to do it. But I'm looking at working um, uh, and helping out um, a harvest crew. Oh boy! Uh, at a smaller winery out here in on Russian River Valley. Are you are you getting too much sleep? <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> are, like what? What? Harvest crew? Crazy? No, I'm not well, getting I'm, I'm too joking. much sleep. I don't know what you know. I'm kind of you know when you when you've done something at one place for such a long time. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not as challenged, and I want to put some stuff into my life that I really enjoy doing. And you know, my uh, my experiences of making wine have always been with uh, the lead varietals, you know, Cabernet, Chardonnay, you know, Sauvignon Blanc. And I really would like to learn, um, to, you know, how they're doing. I, mean, I know how they do it, but I'd like to 
hands-on learn how they they make uh, Pinot Noir these days and uh, Chardonnay and and I'm not gonna I'm gonna do a little tease here the the Pinot Noir producer that I'll be working with um, it's a it's pretty exclusive it's a mail order and um, when I tell you the name of the operation, you might not recognize the name, but you definitely would um, recognize the people that are behind it. So we'll see if that uh, see if that comes to fruition. Well, all kid, all joking aside, I, w- I, w- I wish you the best there, and totally understand the um, you know that idea that you do the <clears throat> you've been doing the same thing for quite a while, and you know definitely have <clears throat> a passion for wine. So being part of that. You know, being part of that's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, and um, on the. I mean, I think I think we're we're due for a good year. One of the things I've noticed is um, I've seen uh, and this is an aside. I've seen a number of uh, brush fires that um, have come out this year. Yep. And the fires are extinguished extremely quickly these days yeah they are definitely on it and i think what's happened is that since we've had just basically five years of horrific fires one after another every year every summer that just through all that experience the you know firefighters have figured out how to deal with them yeah you know and and get on them real quick now albeit we haven't had any like crazy super heat waves with the wind gusting up yet but I mean, I feel pretty good this year. You know, I, I like our, um, I like our uh, chances of not having some, uh, some big uh, fires. I hope so. Uh, it's really, uh, it's impactful to the area in so many ways. And kind of like a COVID hangover, you know, where we live, we've got fire hangover from, you know, multiple years of fires, you know, burn people out of their houses, out of their businesses. And it, um, you know, hopefully we don't have that. And that's everybody, right? That's everybody who lives here. Um, it's just not, it's not good. But I, I have noticed that. I do, I do agree with you. I have known, I get the alerts. Like the, um, uh, in East Napa, they had a fire not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And it went on overnight. And I, I know where that area is. It's out by Angwin and, you know, that whole area kind of like in, you know, Barry, Nap, the city of Napa East. Um, and, I, you know, there's brush out there. I mean, it, it, and, you know, when I got that alert, I'm like, oh, oh no, that's like, you know, fire, potentially fire city. But they got that thing contained, like, pretty rapidly. Yeah, that was, uh, wasn't that like uh, Sage Canyon or something like Sage that? Canyon, yep. Yep. Yeah, that area burned, um, it burned, burned a few years ago, I believe. Which is kind of scary when you think it's burned just a few years ago and burning again. Was that over by? Um, is that over where they had that big Berryessa fire? Mm, yeah, just uh, maybe not that far east, but yeah, it's kind of the same the same zone. It's kind of north of uh, Silverado Country Club. And um, it's kind of like that Atlas Peak uh, area. Yeah, that's where I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, there's a lot of grapes up there on top of that hill. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, you know, if you drive from 
it's one way to get into Lake Berryessa. Um, but you know, on the way from Lake Berryessa, but that there's not a lot of population out there, but a ton of grapes and yeah, just you know, forest. <clears throat> but they were on it. Um, yeah, they're on it. There was uh, there was one just recently, just out at uh, Sears Point, man. They had that thing out. Oh, like, that's it was it was NASCAR weekend. Yeah, they had it out for hours, dude. Yeah, I mean, they just they don't they don't mess around. And it, it used to be when this thing started, man, they'd freaking be burning for weeks. Yeah. You know? So, but uh, yeah, so um, kudos to the firefighters out here in California, man. They're doing a a bang up job. I don't know if you saw that, uh, that uh, piece I sent you. I was going to say, what a great segue into Europe's issues. Europe, fire issues, fire problems. Same, Same thing, thing, yeah. Spain and Germany and France. and uh, I mean, a lot of it is just, it's related to the temperature. I mean, when you're talking 40 degrees Celsius, that, you know, what is that, dude? That's like 100 degrees. Oh, it's over 100 degrees. That's hot. That's hot. I want to say, yeah, it's 104. Yeah, so I got to do that. That's what the interwebs tell me. Wow. Yeah, you get that, you get the wind going, and, um, you know, and, you know, when you're, when you go, I mean, you know this, when you're in Europe, they have a lot of, they have, just, they just have a lot of stuff that, there's a lot of fuel there. Yeah. And, you know, you get a fire going, and, it's all about the, the fuel load that's on the ground. And it's it's tight, too. Like, it's, like, you know, stuff is... And what I mean tight is, you think about, like, the Rhone River Valley. It's steep, and, mm-hmm. you know, the roads are old centuries. They're like, you know, horse trails turned into roads yes. from back in the day. So, you know, trying to get a big piece of firefighting equipment in there is, like, you know challenging and probably not a lot not a lot of it i don't know if they have services like we do where you know cdf you know they have an air force and you know they can bomb stuff and i mean you know santa rosa airport has um two or three aerial you know they have a strike team yeah that they can fly out and you know try to stop it early or at least try to get it you know contained early i don't know if they have that kind of stuff in europe <clears throat> God, I, I couldn't. Imagine. I can't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. You you would have. You think you would have to. And we're talking, you know, and this isn't meant to be a disrespect or any kind of joke, but you know, the, those con, you know, you think about France and Germany in terms of size, their their size, real estate wise, aren't anywhere near as big um, as Texas or California, if you think about it. Um, That's correct. You know, certainly in terms of population. So, um, you know, I bet you their assets are limited. But Germany last year, you know, went through horrible floods. Yes. Um, I mean, like really bad, really bad flooding. Um, Kind of what we're seeing in Yellowstone right now. Kind of flooding. Our our region, uh, that one region, I I believe it's pronounced R-A-H-R, that basically just kind of came through and just wiped out the whole town. Yeah. People yeah. were running for their lives. Yep. Yep. Scary stuff. I mean, the weather, the weather is definitely, it definitely seems to be getting more extreme. Yes. Um, no, no, no. But, um, but, uh, 
the other thing you sent over, speaking of COVID, is the best online wine shops. Yeah, there's a couple on there that uh, actually I, um, actually more than a few, there's a few on there that I actually buy wine from. How about you? Well, we've talked about K&L before, so we know about K&L. Um, yeah. And so that, that, that popped out. And I want to say I bought stuff for, is it Compass? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought stuff from Compass before. And those were the, you know, scrolling through that list, those were the ones that I, like, first take pick, picked off. Yeah, the, the, the one, one that's is curiously not enough is not on there, that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, just a, a unicorn, I think, is, you know, we, we're always talking about Bottle Barn, but Bottle Barn is definitely expanded their reach in um, their internet sales and uh, I'm you know I, I get their emails and they put out stuff that is I mean if, if you're into finding unique and interesting stuff especially stuff from Sonoma County that you're not going to get anywhere else I would recommend you subscribe to their um, their web sources because man they come out with some stuff that's literally they'll put it out and they'll say hey we got you know, 61 cases of this or whatever, it's going to go fast. And some of their stuff goes within the hour. That's, I mean, that's what great values and, and really good stuff that they put out. And they're careful about, um, I don't I don't even know how to get some of this pricing that they get. <laughs> but because a lot of times I'll get the email and I'll go, hey, that's a deal. You know, I'll go ahead and just like buy something and go pick it up because they don't have to ship it to me. I can drive there and I'll click on and it's like it's sold out there. But, uh, Bottle Barn didn't make it, but uh, they're, uh, they didn't make that list because they don't have a national presence. But that's a that's a great source, no matter where you are, because they ship all over. Yeah, I just don't want to tell anybody about it. Keep it. <laughs> Let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, don't don't be telling people about that secret. Um, well, we've mentioned them plenty of times before. All kidding aside, yeah, I mean it's um, it 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 is like a lot of these wine shops. Um, you know, Bottle Barn has awesome prices, but they also have awesome buyers. So, you know, you go in and buy something in there, well, it's likely going to, you know, you're likely going to get a good value out of it. And especially easy to take a, easier to take a risk on something you may not know. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that's a dead giveaway for Bottle Barn is if you go in there and if you know some of you know, you know some of the local people. I mean, a lot of times when I go in there, I'll see a winemaker yeah, <laughs> from some other true. property that's in there shopping. It's true. It's true. It's so, true. Uh, that kind of that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they know what's going on in there. That's for sure. Hey, did you? Uh, I I do you subscribe to the Press Democrat? Do you follow? Do you read the Press Democrat? Did you uh, see the North Coast Food and Wine Festival and their I think it's their 10th annual. And they do a wine competition every year. And I thought this was kind of interesting. So they do the North Coast Wine Challenge. But best of the best was a blend. was a Heritage Red blend from Roth. A 19 um, Heritage blend. And they dedicated a fair amount of print space to it. Um, talking about it. I haven't had it or anything. It made me want to go check it out. Because it, it wasn't a... It wasn't a Pinot and it wasn't a Char, you know, it wasn't sort of the usual suspects from the varietal standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just thought that that was kind of interesting. 
So it's a 19, 19 Heritage Red from Raw State. Raw State, R-O-T-H? Yes. Who yeah, I had never heard of. Out there in, uh, yeah. Out there in Chalk Hill, right? I, I don't know. I haven't. I literally was looking at this yesterday because um, they gave us a circular kind of part of the show. Because it was this weekend, this past weekend, I believe. Okay. Was the show. Yeah, Roth is, they're out in Chalk Hill. They're out there. Uh, Chalk Hill Winery's out there. Um, there's a couple of, um, who else is out there? There's there's uh, some pretty noteworthy um, wineries out there. Chalk Hill kind of butts up against the, the um, southeastern end of um, Alexander Valley. So, um, but I've never been to that. It's a pretty impressive little estate. Uh, Lancaster's out there also. I think you're familiar with Lancaster. Yeah. Um, KJ has um, Lacoya Estate is out there right in that same area. So uh, yeah, there's some uh, some pretty noteworthy um, producers out there. But that Roth, um, I bet you, it's, um, if it's a blend, it's probably Cabernet. Uh, Merlot, Petit Verdot, and maybe some Syrah. That'd be my it guess. It is a it is a Bordeaux blend. Bordeaux blend. Okay. All right. So. Well, we'll have to look for that. Yeah. I just had a blend um, that was. Um, uh, I haven't had it in a while, and I just had it recently. Have you ever had uh, Leviathan? Yeah. Uh, I might have. Way yeah, this, back is in a, day. this is a blend. This is a Leviathan's. A, it's a blend out of Oak, Oakville, so it's a Napa Valley Red. It's probably delicious. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know it's that full uh, fruit, um, you know, black plum and cocoa and uh, it's just delicious. You know, yeah, my wife is like, this is really good. Do we have more? That's always a good sign. That's always a good sign. What else you been drinking? Um, just a ton of suave. I've been drinking a lot of white wine. I've been drinking a lot of Riesling lately. Um, and I've been drinking a lot of, um, I've been drinking a lot of, uh, of um, Bordeaux. Because I've got a lot of Bordeaux that's coming of age. And I'm learning that it's better to drink them sooner than it is later. So here's one I just drank recently. It's a Chateau. Arnton, it's a Fransac. Probably hard to see that label. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. But it's um, this is um, primarily it's um, Merlot, and uh, God, it was a fantastic bottle. You know, it makes you think. You know, so it's a 2009, so it was it was ready to go. It was a really good bottle, and when I finished it, I was like, how come I only bought two? <laughs> but you know, that's how wine is. You know, you never know. And I bought this this bottle without even trying it just kind of because I was buying you know um, 2009 was a, a you know a really good year for Bordeaux so I bought a fair amount of that so all that's coming come and do it's over you know it's 10 plus years old and uh, that's the drinking window for me for for that year for Bordeaux I'm like yeah I'm, I'm just gonna drink all those so that's what I'm doing I've been drinking Bordeaux Suave and um, and, and Riesling on the hot days, because we've had a few hot days. Yeah, we have. Today's going to be a hot day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be. Eight. So, uh, yeah, yeah, other than that, and, uh, 
I will, we'll have to, you know, I haven't physically seen, um, actually physically been in your presence in quite some time. So we're going to have to get together and, and have a coldie, even if we do it in a public place. I think that's almost like something that can be done now. Yeah, it's, um, we've been, we've been making use of our, our fine town here and enjoying the, uh, the, um, the, you know, part of our town caters to visitors. So, you know, there's more and more activity along those lines. The Barlow is certainly active, uh, especially on the weekends. Um, and of course they have their music program on Wednesday night. So I think they're up to six different stages in the Barlow on Wednesday night for music, six different bands. So you can pretty much find something you enjoy. And then the whole, you know, hot monks in on it, grab grills on it. Um, so I, I, you know, that's kind of interesting. Um, and then yeah, they have the Barlow's been doing it um, like a craft market on I want to say the second Saturday of every month. Mm-hmm. So they shut down the street. If you're a a crafter, um, you can come in and you know share your wear, sell your wares. Um, and it's usually like it. I drove by there the last time it was in, which was I want to say. It was three weeks ago or one week ago, two weeks ago, I can't remember. But it was packed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have, I've been to Sebastopol a number of times, um, um, mainly just to eat um, since we've moved there. I think it's what it's been, shoot, man, it's been like eight, almost nine months now. We moved in October, so, yeah. Um, but... Um, I've, uh, there's a couple of, uh, you know, it's good to see a lot of those restaurants that are still there. I love that, um, what's the place up at top, uh, next to Pacific Market? I can't think of the name of it, right? The little restaurant. Fandy's. What's that? Fandy's? Yeah, Fandy's is still there. Um, they're still doing a, a good business. We've been there a couple of times. Um, the Flavors is a really good spot. I like the Flavors. I've had uh, some good meals there. Um, it's good to see that the pizza place down in the Barlow, uh, they got their new digs. Acre. Yeah. We're Acre's a regular customer there. So that's, that's good to see. I'm, I'm sad that we lost K&L, but I understand why. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, that's definitely somebody who put in their, you know, I don't want to say put in their time, but like did their thing and they were, Michelin, they were a Michelin star restaurant, weren't they at one time? They were in 20 years. Is, that's a long run. Yeah. And if you if you watch any of the food, you know, the food programming that's out there and, and you know, hear about people who make it um, and earn a Michelin, you know, Michelin um, star or Bib Gourmand or it's a, that's a lot of work. And a yeah, lot, that's a, and a lot of prep, like. To operate at that level and keep that operation rolling at that level, there are very few people that can do that. Because um, it's really a, I mean, it's it's an art and a craft and like a, you know, serious, you know, like regimented operation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, and that the consistency that's required is the, is the biggest deal. It's insane. You know? yeah, so, yeah. so there's, uh, a, there's a burger pop-up um, called Lunchbox. Um, and I've had their burgers and other sandwiches a couple of times. They show up at, at Shady Oak, but they just bought the old East West Cafe. 
So yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. That's good, that's good to, to hear. Yeah, they do an Oklahoma onion burger, which is a thing, which is quite interesting. Um, but their burgers are great. We'll be really interested to burgers are a food group in our house. There you go. <laughs> well, the boys like to make burgers. Cooper right up there with right up there with vegetables. Right. Well, pizza. No pizza. What are you talking about? Pizza. So. Pizza um, is a vegetable. It, yes, it is. It, well, it kind of has tomatoes on it, right? Well, I guess that's a fruit. That's what I like to point out. Um, but we have, uh, I should mention a couple of things so uh, I'm aware of. So Moonlight Brewing, for those of you that know Brian Hunt, did a mm-hmm. deal with Lagunitas. Um, but a Napa person actually bought that stakeout from... Um, Lagunitas and so they're now kind of back in the fold between Brian Hunt and you know his new partner who um, you know Brian's been at it for I don't know 40 42 years um, Jeez. And, and so you know, and I, I, I Patrick Rue who you know is also known you know, known in the business, you know, bought him out. So they're, you know, it's returned to ownership, you know, 50, you know, that 50% is back into the brewery. And Moonlight's famous. You could probably find this around the U.S., at least regionally in the in the West Coast, <clears throat> are death and taxes. So it's a black lager he makes that um, is an awesome beer. And one of the, my favorite things about Brian Hunt, <clears throat> kind of the operations piece, he says if you can't make the same beer on a consistent basis, you're not brewing. You're experimenting. So, I yeah, because he's known as a stickler for, you know, being clean and all that good stuff you got to do in the brewery. And then the other big news that was kind of big is that Golden State Cider um, did a deal with Seismic. And so that's now part of the Seismic brand. And, of course, when these kind of things happen, like in the case of Seismic, you know, they'll have more... Um, so Seismic has a Seismic beer brand. They have Tremor. Tremor actually won a um, World Beer uh, World Beer Cup number one award for their uh, for their wheat beer called Tremor, and it's a separate brand. It's made by Seismic, separate brand, and now they have Golden State. My point is, they'll command more shelf power in stores. Absolutely, um, yeah. And I've noticed people go into stores, I ju- again, anecdotal, I was in Oliver's uh, on Friday and um, saw two guys talking. They were looking at the bigger beers, I won't mention names, but they opted to buy the Tremor and the new Tremor. And I thought that was really interesting. It was priced competitively, that's the other thing. Got and of course, Tremor is not like those other beers. It's made with organic and sustainable ingredients from around yes. here. So. And they have a pretty cool brewery. Their brewery is pretty, um, pretty awesome in terms of its uh, sustainability. They do a lot of things with heat exchanging and all kinds of other cool stuff. Water waste. Um, pretty smart. Um, but we'll put the link into the World Beer Winner, um, World Beer Cup. Um, the other interesting thing is uh, Third Street Ale Works won a number one for an Irish Dry Stout. Um, they have a new brewer. And they actually, uh, they ended their food program. What? Yeah, they ended their food program. It's just too hard to maintain. And I have noticed, the one of the things I've noticed in restaurants is, 
it's I will say most restaurants I've been into that I go to consistently or repeatedly have cut their menu by at least a quarter if not more yeah, yeah you, you have, have to. to you know you go in and it's like oh I was looking for this Reuben they made this great Reuben not on the menu you know um I see that all the time so yeah Third Street's just like it was just too hard yeah, yeah we, we went, went to, to uh, um to dovetail with that we went to um uh, Palooza, which is in yeah, Canada. yeah, and you know, uh, all right, you know, great. We went there for pizza, right? Because you know they got this killer pizza oven. You know, I don't. Guess what, dude? They don't have pizza. Oh no, they don't make pizza anymore because they can't find a pizziola. They can't find anyone to work there to make the pizzas. Ah, that's nuts. Yeah, I mean that's just. That's how it is with restaurants. So if you have an item and, you know, you're going to pair back your items because you only have X number of people. Somebody's got to prepare all that stuff. So that's, that's what's happening. Less choices. Uh, that guy, I, I don't know the, I don't remember the name of the person that, that runs and owns that business, but he started as a uh, hot dog vendor in Courthouse Square. He was a contractor. Oh, really? I knew that. Yeah, he was a contractor, and he did a, um, he did a bunch of um, different food cart, food truck businesses before. He always wanted to do what he's doing in Palooza, but they worked their way into it. I heard that on uh, on the K interview on KSRO one day, a local radio station here. But he's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, they're super, they're super, um, you know, a really nice staff, and, um, yeah, the food's at. The food's all right. It's not, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, like I said, we went there for the pizza, man. I see you have to see if you can buy his oven. Yeah, 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 take up like a, like one-eighth of my backyard. Yeah, thing's well, huge. It's got to weigh like about 3,000 pounds or something. I mean, it's a commercial... Uh, artisanal commercial oven. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking for something quite that big, though. I gotcha. <laughs> well, uh, it was good to get back and yeah. get back on the cast. Um, and for all of you out there in podcast land, tell a friend if you like what you hear. Hit Al up on the Twitters. Give us a like on Facebook. And uh, enjoy. Yeah, we'll have a you know, like I said, if I uh, if I decide to work myself uh, a little bit more, we're, we'll definitely have a lot of insights as far as the production side of uh, winemaking. So it'll be uh, it'll be super cool. There'll be a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming our way. All right. All right, Bill. Well, uh, hey, uh, we appreciate everyone listening. How do they? Uh, is there? How do they contact us, Bill? Yeah, you can email us at info at vino one oh one dot net. You can hit Al up at Al at Vino101.net or me, Bill, at Vino101.net. Of course, like I said, you can always uh, direct message Al on the Twitters. All right. Thanks, Thanks everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers.